This is the Light and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Heinzman. Dr. Ivan Philby is my guest today as we discuss Livestream, his latest book published by Seedbed. Living in step with the Holy Spirit and understanding the goodness of God, his desire to lavish us with his goodness and to demonstrate his goodness through healing and life-giving words of knowledge is all at the center of our conversation today. You'll be blessed and encouraged to hear Ivan's stories and accept God's invitation to join him in blessing people everywhere with his goodness as you live in the Holy Spirit. Listen in, get this book, but most importantly, offer your life to God to be used by him to bless others. So glad to have you join us for the Light and Life podcast today. I am joined by Ivan Philby, who was most recently the president of Greenville University and now is back living in the UK and Ireland uh, with his wife, Kathy, who's pastoring Towerview Church there. And Ivan has just written a new book. Ivan, it's so good to have you with us today to talk about your book. Thanks for joining. Hey, it's so fun to connect across, I don't know how many thousand miles, <laughs> we're about certainly five time zones. Isn't technology a wonderful thing? It sure is. And, man, I'm just so intrigued by the title of this book. So you published with Seedbed, which there's so many free methods yeah. that follow Seedbed. And the, tell us the title of your book and why you chose that title. Well, the title is called Livestream, Learning to Minister in the Power of the Holy Spirit. And I'd, I'd started to write the, the book. I'd working on a manuscript during my sabbatical at the end of my term as president at Greenville University. And as I was reading that, I read one of the daily texts from J.D. Walt. And in that daily text, J.D. Uh, differentiated between what he called downloads from the spirit and live streams from the spirit. And I thought, oh, I love this. And both are important. He talked about downloads as something like a sermon where we, we're pressing into the spirit, where we're researching and we're writing and we, we want to start in a middle and an end we, we, we it's a different type of craft and so we, we're kind of downloading that whereas a live stream is spontaneous it's unexpected it's just the holy spirit saying hey come on i've got something for you join me in ministry it's these little invitations of the holy spirit to say hey come on let's, let's have some fun together watch what i can do hey come on you're gonna have to be involved in this because nothing's gonna happen unless you jump on board but oh hey there's a little nudge and so it's that sense of the Holy Spirit inviting us. I mean, imagine the most holy God inviting us to join him on stuff he wants to do. So it's his agenda. And how do we learn to listen to the Holy Spirit so we can join in? And so that's where the idea of live stream came from. And honestly, I liked it because I know with COVID, so many people are Googling live stream. And I thought some people might find this book who have no expectation of finding the book on the Holy Spirit, but they'll type in live stream and up it might pop. And maybe some unexpected people will read it also. But it's fun. I mean, it's just, it's an easy read. I've written it for anyone above 14. So it's, it's while I'm an academic, it's, you would never know I'm an academic by reading it. It's just very, very accessible. Well, the very first time that I recall hearing you speak was at one of our national prayer summits, and you concluded your time with, with basically what you're describing. You were saying, you know what, sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to speak, 
And I'm going to just walk around the room, and if I feel like he has a word for someone, I'm going to speak it. If not, I won't. And it was just amazing to watch what God would do in partnership with someone who's willing to be open to him. So maybe describe that. There, there are likely some people listening who would say, I've never experienced anything like that, but maybe I want to. You know, like how, how can we tune ourselves to listen into God or be just crack ourselves open to be open to what he wants to do. Like if you were going to give some advice to like, okay, listening to God and live streaming in this way, one-on-one, what would that look like? Well, I don't think it's so much tuning in. I think it's often we've tuned out. So I honestly think for so many people, the Holy Spirit's already speaking to them, but he's not speaking in a way that they're used to hearing. We want God to come and sit next to us and say, hey, and talk like you and I are talking, but he doesn't appear to do that. And even when he called Samuel, Samuel, it sounded so ordinary. He th- Samuel thought it was Eli speaking. I mean, it wasn't anything. It wasn't Samuel. It was just <laughs> so ordinary. And so what I've discovered, and I didn't realize until someone pointed out to me, someone just said, Ivan, you know, when you're praying, often a thought might just come to your mind, and you just think it's a stupid, crazy thought. But some of those stupid, crazy thoughts are these invitations from the Holy Spirit Mm. where he is wanting to do something for the good of others, to encourage you, and for God's glory. And if you start to test those, you're going to start to become more accurate in hearing which of those really are from the Holy Spirit and which are not. And the the reason I've called the, the book Learning to ministry in the power of the Holy Spirit is because we're really all learners. I think one of the big misconceptions I had is that I thought if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit and moving in spiritual gifts, we would all be like Mozart. You know, we would sit down at the piano at six years old and be able to write symphonies and concertos. But when it comes to preaching, we never expect someone as, you know, we expect people to train. We expect people to learn, to hone their craft, to listen to people who can help them. And I found the same as with spiritual gifts. We can develop them as the, as the Lord leads, and we, we get better at them by practicing and finding safe places to do that. So I found that the Lord speaks in four or five different ways. Sometimes I'll see a picture. So I'll look at someone, and I'll just see a, a faint picture superimposed on their head. And I'll tell you one of those stories later on. Just some, Sometimes okay. they're very you know they're absolutely crazy and you think what on earth are you doing other times it just seems very natural and i will use that to describe to the person you know as we were praying just this picture kept coming into my i just wonder if it will be helpful to you and i just share that so i i don't like the approach of god told me to say i think that <laughs> that can so often be used for manipulation and control it's very difficult for the person to say actually i don't think so you know we have to give people permission and grace to say no that doesn't mean anything to me at the moment which i think is fine so sometimes i'll see things sometimes i'll just hear things just to i'll just be you know i'll be praying and i'll just hear in my head it's not an audible voice it's just a it's almost like a thought goes through my head of maybe it's a condition god wants me to pray for us and it's so faint it's not you would push it out of the way if you were not looking for them because they're, they're just so faint. Often when the Holy Spirit speaks, they're just the softest voice 
mm. that we we hear. And so, you know, for people who are learning, I learned to you know listen to the Holy Spirit in the shower because that's where I was just relaxed and I was not uptight and I was not thinking of anything else. It's just saying, you know, while I'm just here, Holy Spirit, if you want to speak anything to me, help me, help train me to hear. So there might be speaking, there might be, uh, there might be hearing, there might be seeing. Uh, sometimes I'll speak things. You know, I'm praying for someone and I find myself praying for things I had not thought about. I think that is so interesting. And, and Brett, so many times people have said, how did you know that? Well, I didn't know anything. I didn't no, even know I had plans to pray it. But it is just really encouraging. Um, I know some people, I don't feel this, but some people can feel other people's pain. It's almost like God says, mm. I want to heal someone with this pain and I'm going to help you to describe it because I'm going to let you feel that pain. And I know people who do that. It's they're able to say, I know there's someone here this morning who has got a pain in their, in their left wrist and this is how it feels. And when you move your wrist, you can feel this and that. And it's, they know it's not their pain. They don't have a problem with the wrist, but they can describe it. And now if you're that person, well, your faith level just goes up that, oh, God knows about that. And there's some other ones, but they're the primary ones that I use. And I've just learned, you know, I get it wrong, but I'm learning to get it right more and more because I, I just keep trying. Right. I love your approach. I think that that very personal uh, you know, that presenting it as, you know, hey, while I was praying, I saw or I heard or I felt or I considered and wondering if that's from the Lord and if this would mean something to you. When I've talked to people about prayer sometimes, especially in a pastoral sense, many times at the end of a service or sometimes even the middle of a service where the altars open and people come and they have needs and they our first inclination at an altar of prayer is to ask the person, how can I pray for you? Now, it's not that that's necessarily a bad question, but I think about times in my own life where I had really deep needs, and I'm not sure I could articulate them. And so if I can't articulate my own deep need, who can? And the Holy Spirit can absolutely articulate a need through a picture, through a word that they didn't even know. And it will trigger something in their life when it's spoken and go, how did you know that? Well, I didn't know that. The Holy Spirit knew that. And a door all of a sudden is open to consideration, to to a meaningful encounter with God that wasn't there just moments before. Yeah. It's a beautiful Yeah, this, it is. It's almost like this, the Holy Spirit opens these little doorways in, in, into the heart of God. I mean, and that's spiritual gifts used well always help, always are meant to invite us into the heart of God. Whether used badly, you see the person praying whether you use well, you don't even think of that person. You you just you meet God in a new way. You see new dimensions of His His love and His His goodness, and that's beautiful. Great. So, what are what are some of the chapters in the book about? We don't want to give the whole thing away, and obviously, and we also should let everyone know that in the in the description of the show or the show notes, you'll see a link where you can actually go to seedbed.com and purchase the book. So, if you want that for yourself, of course, we want you to have it because just imagine more and more people listening to the Holy Spirit in this way, 
praying for one another, gently partnering with the love of God for people's lives. But maybe give us a little insight, like what are what's some of the journey through the book look like? Yeah, so the the first chapter is just this invitation to understand God's desire to pour out his spirit. And I I, I bring just the Jesus teaching on prayer. So Jesus teaching on prayer in Luke, for example, talks it begins with our Father, and then we we have the the Lord's Prayer, and then it's the the persistent widow, and then we have the um, the our seek knock, and then it finishes with how Jesus defines his Father, and it, it says. You know, which of you fathers, he asked this question, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a, and then it finishes. A loaf of bread. Yeah, a loaf of bread. How much more, how much more will your heavenly father give, in Luke, the Holy Spirit, and others, good gifts to those who ask him? And exactly. I, I just think of it like this, Brad. I, I think of when my kids were young, just the planning I would go to get Christmas presents for them or birthday presents, the surprise. I mean, I, I love giving gifts and I would be giddy. I couldn't sleep. I was so excited. But the Bible says, if you ordinary people know how to give good gifts to your children, just imagine how much God wants to give good gifts to you. Can you get that? If you understand the bigness of God, and so the, the, in the first chapter, I, I'm, I just talk about the use of these little gifts of the Spirit, these gracelets outside of the church. And I tell, I tell a lovely story. When I was at um, Greenville, one of my jobs, an important job, was to raise scholarship dollars for students. And a friend of mine in California said, hey, you, you need to meet my friend Bob. He's in, uh, in the Midwest. He's closer to you. And he is a, the most generous person I know. And so eventually I got hold of Bob and we started to talk. And he, he told me his story about how he was a successful salesperson. He gave up his job, started his own business. And it was terribly unsuccessful. I mean, it was miserable. He went from $150,000 a year to $11,000 a year, nearly lost his house, nearly lost his car. And he said he got so desperate, he started to have, he called them stellar quiet time. So he would just read scripture and pray for 15, read scripture for now, pray for 15 minutes, and then just try to learn to listen to God. And he said, after a while, God started just to give him these ideas for his business. And it started to grow and grow and grow. And eventually sold it to Home Depot for a hundred million dollars. Now I'm a fundraiser. I'm kind of excited at this thing. <laughs> and then he told me that God had told him to give half of it away or over half of it away. And I'm really excited. I'm thinking, oh, that's a lot of money. I can, that can really help Greenville University. And then he said, you know, Ivan, I've been so good at giving away. I, I gave it all away last year. I gave everything away. And I just said, hey, Bob, anyone with that tenderness towards God, I just want to be your friend. I'm going to call you every month knowing I'll never get a penny from you because I want to be around people like that. So anyhow, after a while, he started to share his life with me and he said, you know, my wife and I can't get pregnant. We've just tried and tried and tried. We just can't get pregnant and we don't know why. And I, I'd heard of some, a church in Atlanta who had had some great success in playing with infertile couples. So, so I tried to connect with them and I just couldn't connect with them. So I said, next time I'm around your 
area. I'll just come and pray with you. Kathy and I met them himself and his wife in a restaurant. And the first thing he did, he told me this really interesting story. He told me he just got back from Israel and he was on a tour bus going around Israel as these tour buses go. I'm sure you've probably been to Israel at different times, but this tour Actually, bus was going. I've never and, been there before. Me neither. I mean, Kathy has been and other people, but I've, I've never, I've never been. Anyhow, this tour bus stops and the bus driver turns around and said, this is one of the sites that Jesus would have performed miracles. Mm. And then the bus driver said, and he still performs miracles today. If, if you need someone just to pray for you, come down. I'll just come down the bus, <laughs> not the church, the bus, and I'll just pray for you. And my friend Bob was so surprised. One of his buddies who had been, a, uh, had been recruited for a Division I football team and was injured in his freshman year, he never got to play for the team, and just had significant back pains all his life, just went forward. And this bus driver prayed for him. And he was, he was healed. I mean, on the bus, by a bus driver. The bus driver. And he came, my friend Bob said, he, the guy came back and sat next to him and told him what happened. He said, Bob, you have to understand who your daddy is. You've got to understand who your daddy is. And then he, then he turned to me and said, Ivan, you have to understand who your daddy is. And it's true, if, if we understand who really the desire of Father God to lavish his spirit upon us, just to lavish his spirit upon us is so good. Anyhow, Kathy and I prayed for this couple. They'd not been able to conceive for years. And six weeks later, he sent me just an email. And all I, I thought it was a spam at first it was just an email from him it was just one little video file i thought i'll just open it the the email message was thanks and it was the the first ultra scan where they could see the little praise god and this is this is the goodness of of god so that's kind of the first chapter mm. so all the way through the book it's just this interweaving of a lot of true stories I mean, all of the stories are true um i know i was I was at nearly all of them. Mm-hmm. And then weaving that with teaching to demystify the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that I want someone who reads. I mean, it's really written, not, I mean, pastors will enjoy it, but I want to reach the other 99% of the people who often think I'm not a professional Christian. I'm just the ordinary peace seeker. And really what the, the gifts, you know, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, what they're there to do is to equip those 99%. And it's a book written for the 99% saying, you're included. This is how you can start. Come and have, come and have some fun and see the bigness of God. I think about not just the, the 99% of the people, but the, the 99.9% of the locations like a bus. And a bus driver, like we we exclude so many times places that are outside of church on Sunday morning as being places that God would do a miracle if He gave us uh, if He gave us a word. Um, and so, I, how is there a place in the book where you can encourage people, like their workplace? Their oh, absolutely. I mean, the first chapter is all written with miracles that, and little gracelets of the Holy Spirit that all take place outside of church. And really what I'm trying to say is, you know, the reality is there are people who are in churches that are cessationists. They don't 
either either they're real cessationists or practical cessationists. They don't believe in the ministry of the Holy Spirit in that way today. What I'm saying is, if that's where you are, there's just lots to do on the streets, in the marketplace, because God... God's already at work there. Because these are all invitations from the Holy Spirit. We, we can't start them. We just have to be looking for those invitations and then take them in very natural ways. So, you know, the more natural you can be, the more matter-of-fact, the low-key you can be, the more conversational, just the better it is. I used to hear people, when they used to prophesy, their voice used to change. It's like, that's just kind of weird. You know, we want people to be natural. We don't want, we don't ever want to use spiritual gifts to lord over one and anyone, not to manipulate us, to give people an opportunity, which they can choose to or not to. But as a result, you see remarkable things. I mean, just the number of people I've seen come to Christ through words of knowledge, just God giving these little insights or just a little picture God might have given doesn't even understand why it might be meaningful to them. But well, just I think of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, right? I mean, yeah. he kneels down with her. He, he's talking to her. He shouldn't even be there according to Jewish custom. She knows that. He knows that. And when he begins to unveil the details of her life, the first thing she says back to him is, oh, I see you're a prophet. Yeah. You know, it, it's this idea that, Prophecy, when it's used in a gentle way like that, even when the truth is inconvenient, draws people to the goodness of God, draws people into salvation. Uh, one of the stories I, I tell is I was helping a church plant in Latvia. And during guys, Kathy was over and we joined a team from San Francisco. And during the day, we'd go into the schools and the streets and just tell people about Jesus and invite them to the evening service. And every night when they'd come, I'd look around to see if anyone I'd personally invited had come. And I honestly, this has only ever happened once, but I looked around, I saw this banana. In the spirit, I saw this picture of a banana on this woman's head. And you think, what are you meant to do with that? I mean, that's weird. And, you know, after I saw it, I couldn't do anything because the minister was about to speak. And after he had finished speaking, I looked around, I could still see this banana on this woman's head. And I got this impression that was Ivan, go and tell her God sees her like a banana. I mean, what do you do with that? And it, honestly, if I was new to the ministry of the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have done anything because it just sounds so stupid. Right. But, so, but I, che- I said to Kathy, what do I do with this? I mean, she doesn't speak English. I'm going to have to get a translator. I'm a visitor. I mean, the local people are going to meet her in the street. I can leave, but I don't want to do anything that embarrasses. She said, no, look, you know, you, you do see God do the strangest things. And so we got a, a translator, and I explained, this is going to be a little bit weird. I don't know what's happening. That's all I have. But let's see what God does. And I asked this um, this woman, would you mind? I, I think God just gave me this little picture for. Would, would you mind if I share it? And she said yes. And I then I spoke to the translator. The translator spoke, and all I had is, I don't know what this means, but I feel God sees you like a banana. And as soon as I had said banana, the rest of it came. And today, God is going to peel the hard skin from away from your heart, so you can know Him. Mm. Mm. 
the, tran- the translator translated, she burst into tears, and we led her to Jesus. I have no idea. I don't know if her dad was a fruit grower. I have no idea why that would be meaningful to her. I couldn't speak English. But here's the thing, Brett. The, the people in the church said, this was soon after the fall of the Berlin Wall, so people were not, had not really heard a lot about Jesus in the communist country. And she was just curious. She'd been to the, the church a few times and always a, was very hard-hearted. And God did something in her heart. I don't understand that. I can't, I can't put the logic together. I mean, who are me to say to God, God, that doesn't seem to be a winning strategy to me. <laughs> right. But something about that won her heart. And she, I mean, just the depth of her weeping and repentance and love for God is, I don't understand that. I don't understand how that works. But I've learned to say, Holy Spirit, Yes. Just yes. Well, I think about that and I think, um, so which would have been more difficult to deliver a word that was your heart is hard and needs to be softer or that God wants to peel back the layers using the image of something that's very soft, like a banana. But yeah, like we just don't understand, but he understands. He can only understand the deep things of the heart and the soul that we simply can't understand. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, it's just the, the goodness of God. I mean, I mean, I, I was saying just before we started to record, we had a, um, a, an ordination service at Tower View Church last night for one of the local ministers in Northern Ireland. And one of the ladies who served me tea afterwards, it's a big thing. You have wonderful food after church meetings uh when whenever possible here she served me in a big pot of irish tea great cup of tea i know i like tea (laughs) and she sent a text around this morning and to the prayer group and she said it was just wonderful to be able to serve i couldn't have done this last year what had happened she was just doing one of our prayer meetings earlier in the year she must be late 70s she was leaving. I said, how are you doing, Gwen? Her name's Gwen. And she said, I've just got this terrible back pain. It's just, I've had it for so long. And I just, honestly, it took 10 seconds. I said, I don't know if I even asked her to, if I could pray. I just put my hand on the back and said, Jesus, would you heal this? She didn't expect anything to happen. The next day she said, I can't believe it. I was able to hang my washing out this morning. Mm. And she has a mischievous sense of humor. She says, you know, my husband doesn't really like this because I can stand in, I can go shopping for a lot longer <laughs> than I could have done before. But this is, this is a generosity God. And I know I've prayed for so many people who have not been healed. So I'm not, you know, I don't have a gift of healing, but the Holy Spirit uses me sometimes when he initiates things, he uses me sometimes mm-hmm. as his, his, his channel, as his hands and feet to, touch the people he's already trying to work in and so this you know i'm confronted with the mystery of god i don't know why god does it for one person and not another i'm i struggle with the mystery but i worship in awe when i see what god does do and the more we press into that and more we listen to the holy spirit we do see more i'm seeing more now than i ever have before and it's it's reproducible one of the 
the ladies, one of the other ministers in Ireland was reading my book and she said, you know, I've been on sabbatical. I, this is my first, last Sunday was her first uh, time back at church since her sabbatical. And she said, I read your book and I thought, I'm going to just wait to see if the Holy Spirit wants to say something. And the Holy Spirit gave her a picture that she shared and that just broke through into this woman's life. Just an amazing set of freedom coming to this woman. That is because the Holy Spirit gave her a picture that was so relevant to her. And she wouldn't have known. She wouldn't have known that. And it's, it's beautiful how the Holy Spirit does that. And what, what I'm just really trying to say in the book live stream is this is gifts of the Holy Spirit, not for the super spiritual. They're not stripes like if you're a, you become a sergeant and a lieutenant and a colonel and a captain. It's got nothing to do even with your Christian maturity. It's, they're gifts. It's like when you give a gift to your kid, it's not because they've been good or bad or got A's or F's. It's because you love them. That's the only condition. Mm-hmm. Only condition. And mm. if you're loved by God, and I don't ever, I don't think there's ever been anyone who has not been, you can be included. Come join. And you don't have to be excluded because you might wonder, like I, I hear you saying, you know, um, if I would have heard that word about the banana. Uh, early on, I probably wouldn't have even followed it at all. So hesitations, um, knowing that you're going to take a risk, a little bit of a little bit of wondering, Lord, is this your voice or is it my voice? A little bit of concern with those things. Those all have to take a backseat to the primary thing that is the goodness of God that could be poured out in a moment if we take that risk. Yeah, it is. I mean, honestly, if I'm ministering the church at the back of my head, every time I'll hear nothing is going to happen. <laughs> You're such an idiot. You're going to look so stupid <laughs> up here. And I've been doing this for years and years, and I still hear that this, and every time it is always a risk. But when you press in, when you press in, you, you see more. And it's kind of fun. <laughs> it sure is. Well, the book is called Livestream, and it's learning to live in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage all of you to go to seedbed.com and get your copy and to also encourage you to, to not worry about the risk as much as you anticipate the reward of ministering with the Holy Spirit. You know, we value highly in the Free Methodist Church freedom of the Holy Spirit, not just in our worship services, but in our lives. And so as we begin to live into that freedom this book could be a great guide for each one of us in doing so. I, I wonder, Ivan, if you would um, actually, as we close, if you would pray for the church, pray oh, for us in, in mass to, to embrace this kind of ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And um, if you would be willing to do that for oh, us. Oh, my, my, my pleasure. And what I find is when I pray, just God does come close because he's generous and he's good. So let's pray together. Mm -hmm. So Father, thank you for your incredible love for everyone listening at the moment. Would you reveal more and more of your father's heart to us? Would you show us the good, good father? Would you lavish on us your good gifts, the gifts of your Holy Spirit, that we would 
learn to hear you and that you would give us the courage to follow you even though often we don't understand. Lord, I pray especially for small churches who often yes. feel left left out and on the margins. And thank you that you can work just as much in small churches with few people as you can in large ones. Because it's not about us. It's not about our maturity. It's about our availability and our passion for you. So come Holy Spirit. Come bring your healing, your freedom, and a renewed intimacy with our Father God. In the name of Jesus, who is our King. Amen. Remember, get your copy of Livestream at Seedbed.com. Check out the show notes for a direct link to get your copy. Thank you for joining us today for this episode of the Light and Life Podcast.